welcome once again to the Ebone Zone. I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 272nd time on this Friday, February 18th, 2022. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, Fantastic Folklore, Tales from the Appalachian Mountains. This week, I figured I'd do a little something different. A few weeks ago, I went to East Coast Wings with my dad, and we got caught up in a conversation with some people he knew. And before long, we got on the subject of mountain folklore. And before I knew it, I thought, I could make an episode out of this. And so, that's exactly what I'm doing. Let's get started with it, shall we? First up, we see the legend of Bat Boy. No, not the guy who takes your bat when you strike out at home plate. I'm talking about the half-human, half-bat kind. Freaky, right? Legend says it dates back to the 17th century and has made its rounds here in the States, meeting Elvis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and even Jennifer Lopez. It's got wings, pointy ears, and is hairless with fangs. And if that isn't freaky enough, that's not even the strangest thing. According to the stories, it can do good or bad deeds, and during its first sighting, it led police and the FBI on a high-speed chase because it hijacked a car. Hold on now, let me let me pose a question to whoever spawned this thing in their mind, because I think they might need to work on their story just a bit. Why, if this thing has wings, would it need a car to go somewhere? I'm just going to leave that question hanging and let it sink in. If anyone has an answer for me, I'd be glad to hear it. Up next, we have the Hillbilly Beast. It's sort of like Bigfoot. The Cherokee were first to give an account of this thing, and according to legend, it's anywhere from 8 to 10 feet tall and hides out in the woods, making noise by beating trees, and if you get too close to its boundaries, it throws rocks, and if that doesn't work, then it gets violent. Whoa, 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 hold on there, slow your roll, Buckshot. I thought throwing rocks was violence. Yeah, I agree with him. They're hardened minerals, not plush pillows. Okay, okay, maybe, just maybe, you've got a point. This thing has had some encounters with famous faces as well. It chased Daniel Boone all through the hills of Kentucky. Wow, it chased Daniel Boone. You know, I wonder if it fought at the Alamo as well. You never know. An eight-foot hairball with deadly aim and a bunch of rocks could really do some damage. Other superstitions include the one about necklace clasps. This one's particularly directed at girls, that if your necklace clasp fell to the front of your neck when you were wearing it, that means someone, particularly the person you had a crush on, was thinking about you. Honestly, I've never heard that one before, but when I was a kid, I always heard that if girls teased you a lot, that must have meant they liked you, but this one, I'll admit, is a new one on me. And one of my favorites is the Ballad of John Henry. As the legend goes, he was a steel driver tasked with hammering a steel drill into rock to make holes where the workers would plant explosives to construct a mile-long railroad. But when the company bought a steam-powered drill to do the job, John Henry vowed to defeat the drill or die trying. And he did exactly that. He won the race, only to collapse and die from exhaustion afterwards. Historians have concluded that a real John Henry did exist. He was one of the thousands of African-American laborers who worked from 1870 to 1873 to build the Big Bend Tunnel on the Chesapeake and Ohio Railway line. A link to the full thing will be in the description. Oh yeah, and Johnny Cash wrote a song about it. You can find that in the description as well. Next we go from folk tales to a folk remedy. 
Did you know that there's a cure for baldness? But the only downside is it might make you cry. Have you got your tissues ready? Now, when I say it might make you cry, I'm not talking the... I'll never let go, Jack! ...kind of making you cry. I'm talking onions here. To be honest, I enjoy them grilled, but that's a little bit off topic. And besides, this remedy doesn't say anything about them having to be caramelized in butter for it to work. So here's what you do. You just cut it into quarters and rub one of the sections onto the part of your head where you want hair. If it was me... I'd use Rogaine, or at least I'd get a toupee. It seems like that'd be a lot less complicated, and you wouldn't have to waste an onion. Because, come on, who wants onion rings made out of something that's been on somebody's head? Well, maybe somebody does, but no one I know. Now that we know some of the legends and remedies that come with Appalachian folklore, why don't we dive into a bit of the history? I think that's the natural progression from here. As I was doing research for this episode, I noticed that there were these things called jacktails. Do you by any chance remember Jack and the Beanstalk from when we were kids? Well, yeah, that's one of them. There are 17 other surviving tales, such as Jack and the Marble Soup and Jack and the Search for Gold. In 1927, someone named Isabel Gordon Carter collected the first three tales from Jane Gentry in Wise, Virginia, and published them in the Journal of American Folklore. We normally know these stories as tall tales, and if you don't know what tall tales are, well... They're stories that normally stretch the bounds of reality. Paul Bunyan, for example. And according to NCpedia, a link to their website will be in the description, a lot of this can be attributed to North Carolinian Ray Hicks, who lived between 1922 to 2003. He's widely considered the grandfather of storytelling. He was the top-billed personality at the National Storytelling Festival since its establishment in 1973, and he was credited with reviving the art of American storytelling in the latter part of the 20th century. These kinds of tales originated in Europe, with the American Jack tales being most closely related to those of the British Isles, and a man by the name of Richard Chase first documented them when he published The Jack Tales in 1943. He compiled his collection of 16 stories from oral interviews taken from members of the Council Harmon family of Beach Mountain, and he also caught up with three other families from Wise, Virginia. And since then, the stories have been passed down from generation to generation, most likely changing a little bit at a time until they are what they are today. It's a unique part of our history, and honestly, I've always thought they were fascinating. I hope you enjoyed this week's brief look into the folk tales, legends, and traditions of the mountains of Appalachia, a place where I'm proud to call home. I honestly think that this episode was really fun to do because it just opens my eyes to a different side of my culture that I haven't really explored all that much until just now. I enjoyed it, and I hope you did too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend. God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.